Hello, and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episode 34 of season 4 and episode 38 of Common Writer X Aid. It's one of those um, you are the shopkeeper games, you know. Okay. That that genre. Uh, in the proud tradition of Reseteer, that was a good game, long long sure. time ago. Maybe I never played it, so I would not know. Well, you know, it was before the whole like indie game boom. And I guess it sure. was at, it was after because it was after like uh, Xbox Live Arcade and all of that stuff. Mm. But uh, before. Like Steam is just flooded with all kinds of weird Japanese stuff. Uh, the point is, Moonlighter. Okay, I'm gonna tell you three things it does within the first few minutes. Okay. First, force death in the tutorial. You get to the oh, end, no. and it just puts you in a room where things that constantly respawn, and you have no choice but to die. Uh, this is before later, when then it tells you how to use the uh, escape from dungeon thing. So, that, that's really good. Uh, sure. Is it a vague here force to die, or does it make it pretty clear? I mean, if you know how video games work, it's pretty clear. Okay. Because well, there's I, like it, no, there's no escape from the room, and it's spawning these things that you can't kill. Because also... In the first dungeon, it just gives you this like broom that's very slow. Uh, I get to that in a bit. Yeah, oh, I ask because the thing that drives me nuts are the ones where it's like this seems like it might actually just be a hard boss, and it's not entirely clear that you're supposed to die. Yeah, the tale, the tales of Symphonia thing. Sh- sure, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Uh, yes, I also heavily dislike that, but. Yeah. Uh. Second, actually this should have been the first one When selecting difficulties The default is hard And it says like this is the recommended difficulty Your other options are normal For people who just want to enjoy the story And very hard for those who like like a challenge So just call the default normal Make it easy, normal, and hard What are you doing? That breaks down very simply and then, you have three, that's what it should be It should always be that, the Cardinal Three Larry Davis That's right, George Brundle uh, And the third one Is After you take the Force Death And wake up Your uh, dad, grandpa I'm actually not sure which Whoa. Wake, wakes up And he's like uh, well, He's an old guy, but I'm not sure how old your character Is actually supposed okay. to be That's a very strange relation uh, well, it's a strange. Drop that song from the stupids out again. <laughs> it's a strange condition. Uh, In this day and age. 
Yeah, that's a rare condition, I guess it says, but whatever. Uh, You wake up and he says, stop using that broom. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. He gives you a sword. (sighs) Did Ernest Klein write this fucking video game? Maybe, because it also does not know the difference between the different forms of its, because it keeps using the wrong ones constantly. Oh, good. Uh, so I played a bit more of it past that, although I really should have just uninstalled it then. Uh, Moonlighter is available on Game Pass for anybody interested, uh, in wanting to play it without <laughs> having to spend money on it, which I highly recommend. Um, so... Would you that... also recommend just not playing it, though? Oh, sure. Okay. That's... I think I'm going to go with that, the Look, not playing it thing. Every time one of those shopkeeper games comes out i try it and they're never as good as reseteer here's another okay here's the thing this is the main thing that made me stop playing like all the other stuff really sucked and but like it it was the beginning so whatever so you go in the dungeon you fight things you get items you come back and you put them in your shop in reseteer you just put the item there and then someone picks it up they bring it to the counter and it shows you the market value and you decide uh how like what the price is you want to set it at um and basically you don't want to get too high because then they won't buy it but you don't want to make it too low because then you won't get any profit but sometimes you want to get it lower so you can get a chain going with different like people buying it because some people are stingier than others etc in this you don't know what the value is for any of the items so you have to just guess at it and then people will walk in and they'll look at it and they'll make a face, like either a happy or a sad face. And so like, oh, sad face, I have to lower this so somebody will buy it. And you just have to keep doing that until you finally dial in the correct price. Sounds frustrating. Yeah. Sounds like that's not fun. And no. The video game es- should be Especially fun. considering the UI is terrible. And so trying to, at least with a controller, and I doubt it's any better with a uh, mouse and keyboard because it seems like it's designed for a controller, bizarrely, considering how bad it is. Uh, Like, placing items and picking up items and moving them and everything is a chore. Hmm. You know, if this uh, last E3 taught me anything, it's that only assholes make video games. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Speaking of assholes, though, uh, unless you still have more to talk, nope. I don't know. Because I, don't, I, don't, I uninstalled it. Okay, I did not want to cut you off for my my dumb thing, my bad contribution to this preamble. Before we get into uh, two episodes of two shows that are, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a real eh week. Yeah. Um, speaking of assholes, to go back a little bit, uh, Ernest Klein. Uh, I have a friend who got suckered into reading Armada by another friend. This is kind of a book club thing they're, that they're doing. Uh, she hates Armada, uh, unsurprisingly, because it's trash. Yeah. Uh, but we found, uh, or rather, I made up a, a fun drinking game that is going to put one of us in the hospital. As, as in me or her, not you, because you wisely refrain from drinking alcohol i also Um, wisely refrain from reading ernest (laughs) klein books so you uh you take the novel and then uh i i would ask you to pick a page 
and then pick a paragraph on that page. If there is a pop culture reference on that page, you have to take a drink. Oh no. Or or in that paragraph. So the way we divided this is our in Armada, there seems to actually be less pop culture references than in Ready Player One. There's still a lot. So the difference is in Armada, you just go with a page, but in Ready Player One, you have to specify page plus paragraph. Okay. Otherwise, you will certainly die with Ready Player One. I mean, that's just not even up for debate. Someone's going to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, we tried this out, and even with Armada, uh, we would definitely be drunk out of our minds within minutes. Uh, there are some pages, I swear to God, that is just a list of pop culture things. Like, there's a part early on in the book where the character finds a list made by his dad, and it just says, like, The Last Starfighter. Star Wars, Galac Galaga. It like it just it lists Battle all this Star like Galactica. I think that's in there. Like it's just Star a list Trek, of science fiction Deep things. Space and, Nine. And the the bit is that apparently his dad found a conspiracy linking all these science fiction things together. But it's like three goddamn pages of just lists of names of science fiction shows. And movies and video games, and that's it. Turns out they're all inside Tommy Westfall's brain. Detective <laughs> Munch is the key to all of this. What if I were to tell you that the that book is divided into sections, and each one has like a quote from like the Art of War or something like that? Because that's real easy. Oh sure. Yeah. Look, Ernest Klein uh, really sucks. Yeah, Ernest Klein is a goddamn hack. That's yeah. an old Klingon proverb. Yeah. <laughs> I believe like, they say it in Deep Space Nine. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of Klingon stuff in Deep Space Nine, actually. Oh, no. Well, which is see, strange. This is what separates me from Ernest Klein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've read passages out of that book as part of that game, and uh, boy, I... I don't understand why people are so enamored with his writing style, because it's just a connect-the-dots game of pop culture references, and... Ugh. Oh, hey, did you ever start ugh. watching uh, X-Files? No, not yet. Uh, oh, I got sidetracked. Uh, but next week, when we are I thought all... I thought you only had, like, a week of Amazon Prime. No, I have a month. Oh, okay. Three months. got some got weird week trial thing. No. I did, uh, however, because we've been doing so much Tokusatsu lately, decided to just give that Power Rangers movie that came out in 2017 a shot. Uh... Sure is cool how a movie called Power Rangers doesn't actually show the Power Rangers until the last 15 minutes. How's Elizabeth Banks in it? Because that's the part I was interested in. For non-horny reasons... What? She's a bad reader, Repulsa, but she's still grimy and gross and fun in the movie. She's like probably the best part about it. So it's like she just should have been called like a different character. Yes. Oh. But how's, that's the thing is like everybody should have been called a different character. How's uh, Brian Cranston as Zordon looking like he's in the Nine Inch Nails of <laughs> what? What was the video <laughs> with the the pin things? I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Only, though. only. This looks like John Leguizamo at the start of the Mario Brothers yes, movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> how was uh, he? Brian, 
Brian Cranston's good, but like Brian Cranston's great. I could listen to that dude read a phone book. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, Bill Hader's Alpha Five was all right, I guess. Oh, he's like I forgot one, about that. <laughs> he's the he's the one bit of that movie that is actually maybe the closest to just being out of the original Power Rangers. Like he is the least changed out of everybody. He looks weird um, though. He, yes, alpha. he looks terrible. Uh, but also, I think like all the costume designs in that movie look terrible. The the command center looks terrible. Zordon's nine inch nails thing looks terrible. Uh, the putty men look fucking awful. They're just rock dudes, and they're big, and they're buff, and they're more monstrous looking. That's not a putty. A putty's a weird guy who looks like he's just groping at the air and uh, walking around like he just got off a horse. Does, putty. does Rita ever say, make my minions grow? She does say, make my monster grow, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, that's something. That is, uh, it's definitely product placement, but like the Zeo crystal is located underneath the Krispy Kreme, and I do really like <laughs> Reba Repulsa's stomping down the street going like, where's that Krispy Kreme? <laughs> See, that's product placement I can get behind. Yes. That's like really fucking dumb and kind of good that the place that the final climatic battle takes place in is the Krispy Kreme. Great. That's all right. There's there are some bits of that movie that are actually kind of fun. I think that some of the uh I think some of the interactions between like the the main rangers feels a bit more genuine uh and and sometimes kind of good. Billy his whole thing is just he straight up has autism. Okay. But there's some bits where it's like kind of endearing and it's all right and like his relationship with Jason is uh well handled in some places but also like in a lot of other bits feels really shitty and off and I don't know the Power Rangers movie from 2017 is bad and it didn't make much money but then apparently the merchandising sold really well and so like as of February they've announced that they're doing a sequel to it wow okay so, sure. Huh. Yeah. I would be really interested if, given, like, the recent surge in popularity, like, it's coming back, like, all of the original Power Rangers stuff, like, between that new game and the toys they've been bringing out and everything, if, like, they actually got the original people back and did a new movie with the original cast. Well, well, um... Some of them <laughs> can't. Yeah, look, there's a few problems with that. Well, look, one Jay of them's yes, a couple of them are dead. Um, yeah, but uh, the well, thankfully one the one guy... murderer is like a, a ways out, so yes. you would not bring him back. Yeah, uh, the who was the guy that was like Tommy? Like he, he's still doing stuff. I think. Yeah, like, no, he was in a recent he's... series. He is in, I want to say, the current most series. Wow. Okay. Uh, Bulk and Skull actually persisted, like, well into the series. I don't know if they're still around, but I watched, like, a thing that was just, like, here's all the Power Rangers intros, uh, and I, like, skipped around it, and I wasn't going to sit there for 30 minutes and watch that. But, like, two-thirds of the way in, Bulk and Skull show up in an intro, and they're just dressed up as homeboys. Great. Yeah. Good old like, Jason Narvey. 
if you call those guys up and say we got a Power Rangers thing, they're the first ones on the plane coming Absolutely. out here to shoot. They're paying for their own fare. Yep. No, it's a nice vacation. I think you could get Johnny Young Bosch back, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I could. Was he? Um, I could see that. Was he ever in the series or just the movie? No, he was in the series. Okay. But it was after was the movie. The... Like, the movie was the first thing he was in, right? Because he replaced the black guy. Yeah, he was the replacement Black Ranger. I want to say he was, like, in a couple episodes of the series before that actually happened. Okay. Like, the movie might be the first thing that he filmed, but I want to say that came out after they've already established his character. Okay. And then the but movie... So the movie had a replacement Red Ranger, but then the real one was still in the series after that that i can't remember uh, they did replace the red black and yellow ranger at first and then later on they replaced kimberly yeah i never liked I, the second pink ranger at all no no me either uh but like tommy and billy i think were the ones that like stuck throughout the original run of power rangers right and then i want to say like tommy was, yellow was was in the series it was Trini at first, and then Aisha was the second? Yes. Which is, Trini's yeah, the I... one that died. Yeah, she got in a car crash. Yeah. But was that like, did they replace her because of that, or did that happen after? I think that might have happened after. Mm. But I'm not 100%. Because there's a bit where they transfer their powers over, and I want to say Trini is in that scene. Oh, so... okay. Like, I want to say she left the show for a different reason, and then it happened sometime later that she unfortunately got into a car crash. Look, I don't know. It's been like 25 years. Yes. It has been a very long time. I was a, a small child when that series first came out. Now I'm just a small man. I was a smaller child. <laughs> That's and right. Even at such a young age, I was like, Power Rangers Turbo, this sucks. Yeah, no, I took, like, one look at those costumes as a kid and was like, no. Yeah. I their mean, theme is they got boxes on their chests. Get the fuck out of here. Well, with Zeo, I was already losing interest. And then yeah. that was the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. Yeah. I don't know, there's one of those series is, like, they are pirates but they can also turn into like any of the power rangers from any of the other series because like the whole intro was just them like swapping between like zeo rangers and turbo rangers and mighty morphin rangers and that seems like that would be neat just like saban going hey we got a warehouse full of costumes that are just sitting there <laughs> You know what's really dumb is how power rangers in space and power rangers zeo were different things even though they were not yeah like it's it's just the same thing my favorite thing about that whole series is that like the way rita and zed got defeated is zordon sacrificed himself and like good energy spread across the universe and purified them and so zed just turned into a dude in a red polo shirt yeah and like rita i guess became some sort of like benevolent sorceress yeah wasn't That's... she originally all right uh, I don't, I don't know. I seem to remember I know like, that seeing comic... a thing of her, like, in a thing that looked like heaven, and she was in all white or something. Well, that's, that's from later on in the series. Yeah, but I thought, That's like, after the, she's been... 
I thought she also was originally like that and then got turned evil somehow. She might, I don't know, because like her dad is evil and her brother is evil. Mm. I want to say she has an evil. I know that in like the original Super Sentai series, her whole thing, I, I want to say was that back in dinosaur times, her brother went on a rampage on a T-Rex and then got sentenced to death and she got really mad about that. And that was the reason why. I also know that in the Sentai series, like, she's being controlled. Like, the main bad guy is this, like, Satan thing that gets... No, it's like a a different one. Like, a really big, like, sort of dragon devil thinking. I don't Uh, don't know. Well, you know, we uh, watched another series that has a main villain that just got revealed. Uh, called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I don't know if you remember that we do this every week, a podcast where we talk about JoJo's, because it sure seems like we don't sometimes. It hasn't been that long. It's only been 19 minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Keeping this really brisk today. I know. Uh, it's going to be even brisker, considering these episodes. Yes, uh, this episode of JoJo's is really just sort of explaining kind of everything we need to know leading up to, I guess, the final fight. Um, yeah, like this is called the Requiem Plays Part 1, and I bet it's just going to be Requiem Plays Part whatever until the last episode. Because the last episode is always just like, alright, main bad guy's defeated, we'll say goodbye to everybody. Uh, yeah. So well, long, everybody. Yep. And, uh, we or like don't... some variation of that. Yeah, and we don't have that many episodes left. Nope, uh, five, right? I think so. Yeah. So, Diavolo, uh, he has the arrow, but Dude in Black shows up, uh, who we find out very shortly in is Chariot Requiem, uh, and so he ends up losing custody of the arrow to this thing, and in his pursuit starts to fall asleep. Everybody is falling asleep. I am falling asleep. Larry Davis has been asleep this entire time. That's That shouldn't be surprising to anybody. I've been operating him like a ventriloquist dummy. This has been my voice the entire time. Uh, So... When our characters start to wake up, it's uh, Trish and um, Trish and Jorno wake up first, but they have this kind of thing where like Trish is telling Jorno to get behind cover, and then Jorno is yelling out for Jorno. And it takes them a bit to kind of realize that they are not in the bodies that they were in when they went to sleep. Uh, it takes Trish seeing uh, Guido wake up and then realize that. Trish is actually Guido, and Guido is Trish, and we get probably about another, like, 10-12 minutes of this gag of everyone kind of realizing that they are swapped. They freaky Friday. Yeah, because nobody uh, looks at their arms or hands. Yeah. Guido at no point looked down and saw that he had tits until he saw himself, and then he looked down and saw he had tits, and uh, then he touched his vagina. Well, the kind of the thing that tips him off actually is when he like puts the gun in his pants, and then it's like, huh? All right, yeah, that's weird. Usually the gun brushes up against my dick, but this time it's not. Yeah, weird. Oh, oh no, oh no. Guido's going to shoot the tip of his penis off doing that. I saw Eight Mile. I know how that goes down. 
does that happen in eight mile yeah there's a character who his whole thing is he tries really 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 hard to fit in as like a gangster but he's just like a dorky white kid oh that's him and there's like this uh uh, no, surprisingly. What? Um, but there's this bit where everyone's like pulling guns on each other, and like they de-escalate. And when he goes to put the gun back in his pants, he, he hits the trigger and shoots the tip of his dick off. Great. This is the only thing that I remember from Eight Mile, other than the song that everybody remembers from Eight Mile. Academy Award-winning film Eight Mile. We did it really. Yeah, for the song. What? That's real. Why? For the song. No cause... one made a better song that year? Uh, not according to the Academy voters, I believe. <laughs> oh. I think I'm maybe sorry, Kim Academy. Basinger got something for that, too? Maybe supporting mm. actress? I don't know. I remember thinking that movie was alright, but I don't know. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. Well, I'm gonna have to I'd find out. I think I'm older and wiser now, but I don't know. I mean, I... Sign on to do yes, a Academy cartoon. Award winner, or best original song, Lose Yourself. Uh, that's it. Well, damn. Remember when the Insane Clown Posse got into a big beef with Eminem? No. And guns were also drawn then. No. Are you sure you're not just thinking of a scene from Big Money Rustlers? I mean, I might be. Uh, I mean, are you thinking about the time when Violent J pops out of a coffin and says he's like Jesus and then starts shooting I, people? I went to a Job Corps center in my youth, and there were a lot of uh, juggalos that went to Job Corps, surprising nobody, I'm sure. Uh, and a lot of them lived in uh, the same uh, row in the dorms that I lived in, and there were many nights where I would come out on the weekend at like 10 p.m. and big money wrestlers would be playing <laughs> in the common area. Uh, I may have told this story on this podcast. I know I've told it to you, but there was one of them who he had a trick that he would like to do, which was that he would spread his legs and then thrust his hips back and forth until he could audibly hear his ball sack swing back and slap him in the tank. Seems like a great guy. Juggalos are very honest people who do not hide who they are. And I can appreciate this about them. They have a, an astonishing amount of sincerity. It's a rich culture, Larry Davis. Yeah. Uh, because of this, though, uh, they brought... Fago in uh, quite a bit, and I got exposed to a lot of Fago. I've tried a lot of different flavors of Fago. Contraband Fago. Yeah. Yes. Ah, well, the actual contraband, right. the actual contraband, uh, which I doubt you could get away with now with, you know, e-cigarettes and vaping and all that, was uh, you could be over 18 at a job course center. Uh, even though you could be as young as I want to say like 15 or 16. I think they didn't actually kick you out until you hit like 20 or something like that. Mm. But when you went on these Walmart runs, if you were over 18, you could buy cigarettes. And they didn't like disallow cigarettes on the campus as long as you were old enough to smoke. So what you would do is you would buy a carton of cigarettes and then you would sell them two for a buck. 
and you'd end up making way more than what you spent on the carton to begin with. So everybody had their own cigarette racket. Some people had like Swisher Sweets rackets going on because you would gut those and then sell them as shells for um, rolling blunts. And so I got in on this market for a while because that's the way the economy in the fucking job corps worked. It was a cigarette-based economy. And if you weren't selling cigarettes, you weren't living. You realize you're just describing prison. Like, that's prison. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I understand. I've been on the inside, Larry. Yeah. Well, I'm it's nothing but Bego and loose cigarettes and balls slapping against asses. <laughs> That's exactly what happens Out in the yard Everybody gathers around and watch the slapping I mean it It was pretty There were a lot of times where you would just see Dudes get rushed the fuck down And beat It was wild I'm glad you got out And you're adjusting to life on the outside Well You know I can't. I am not gonna lie. I do miss my uh, three hots and a cot. Mm. They they had snack time at night where they would bring you uh, those um. Oh, what are they? Those those cookies in the little like plastic baggies. Um, like the grandmas. Or yeah, you would get those and like a Capri Sun at night. You. <laughs> yeah, before bed, just eat a <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. And wash it down with a Capri Sun. That's disgusting. But then, like, that's another racket you would get going. You would just save your cookies, and then you would sell the cookies, because you couldn't get them anywhere else. Like, you could wait until the end of the night and get a cookie, but then you could also, like, buy more cookies if you were if, if you were so inclined. Pretty much everything that you could acquire in that place, you would just save and sell for money. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Guido put a anyway. gun in his pants. Yes, and he found out that he don't have a pee-pee anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit where he's, like, scratching his crotch because, like, Trish wears these, like, spandex pants and they're very itchy, and she starts saying that she is going to kill him. <laughs> she says something like, I, I'll put a curse on you forever or something. Yes. Yeah. I will hate you until you die. Uh, like, he's just like, why are you getting so mad at me? You're the one that wants to make your ass look bigger. Yeah. You brought this on yourself, lady. Like, this is a good bit. Also, (laughs) while she's in Guido's body, she complains about having hair on her fingers. Yes, and that she smells. Mm -hmm. Um, also, a lot of reused animation in this episode, because there's specifically some bits where she, or, well, Guido, Trish and Guido's body is like, kneeling down and like grabbing the sides of his head and there are some bits where like they're showing other people affected by this in rome where it's like the same panning shots over everything um which there's some good bits with that it's it's specifically that you trade bodies with whoever was nearest to you when requiem began whatever it is he does uh exactly which is just but like there's a cop car and like the cop and the person they've arrested have switched, but then there's also like a bird on the hood that is now the police officer in the bird body, and then the bird is in the cop's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that freaked me out was a mother and her baby, so the mother is in the baby, and the baby is in the mother, and the mother is just crying. There's a duty swap places with the dog. 
It's all topsy-turvy in Rome, man. Shit's getting bad. It is, and uh, a certain other person has swapped with a turtle. Yeah, Jean-Pierre Ponoreth is now a turtle. Hooray. Uh, but is able to just speak like normal, which is a bit strange because the dude who got turned into a dog was just barking. <laughs> yep, and the bird also was just, like, tweeting. Yeah. yeah. Um... The Ponerif basically explains that uh, back when he had acquired the arrow to begin with, uh, there was, it, it fell behind like a dresser, and he couldn't quite reach back there, so he had Chariot do it, and Chariot oh, by the like way, scratched. Hold on. Important, he says, I managed to survive after his account <laughs> encounter oh, with right. Diavolo. No explanation of how, or how he got out of there. He's just like, eh, I made it. No, it's, look. We've had a lot of things like this that did not get explained, so par for the course. Yeah, but usually the person is not, like, missing both legs and an arm and an no, eye. No, they're just, like, shot in the head. Yeah. I mean, Polnareff got Robocopped. Sure. I mean, Robocop came back from getting Robocopped, so I don't see yeah. why Jean-Pierre Polnareff can't. Well, because he had people there to drag him out, and it shows them, like, reconstructing him. Murphy didn't have a stand. No, as far as you know. Uh, but yeah, a, a chariot scratching his finger on the uh, on the arrow ends up turning it briefly into requiem, and Polnareff is able to witness it start to have an effect on like the cows and farmers nearby, and so he just grabs the arrow from what requiem and is like, I didn't know what was going to happen exactly, but I knew it was going to be bad. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Now Requiem is, uh, or Chariot Requiem is just out doing its thing, and so uh, Polnareff points out, like, hey, you guys need to get the arrow back, otherwise this is going to keep going on. Uh, downside to this is if they take the arrow back, then Polnareff would go back into his body and he would definitely die, because his body's already dead. Well, he's okay with it. He's accepted which also this. Mean, which also means Coco Jumbo is technically dead. <laughs> At this moment, yes. It makes me wonder, so can Coco Jumbo just, like, has it been able to talk this whole time? Oh, man. See, th what's been going through my mind now is, what if this means that Polnareff is able to stay in the turtle's body indefinitely because if Coco, if, if a soul goes into a body that was in the process of dying and it dies, does that transferred soul then move on, meaning it can't go back to its body? Meaning whoever was in the body that got swapped with would remain in that body. Maybe. Or would it also go back to the dead body and then you would have two dead people? Hmm. I feel like they would just I, go back to normal. I feel like I'm putting more thought into this than Iraqi probably did. Yep. So. As usual. <laughs> Big shock. Uh, but then we have the issue too of Bucciarati is uh, face down. Nobody knows who's in Bucciarati's body. Um, so far, it's Naranchia's and Giorno, Giorno and Naranchia, and then Trish and Guido. Uh, there is a bit, I think, before this where they try their stands out, and they realize that all of their stand powers are amplified, but yep. they're able to use their stands in the other person's body, uh, which makes sense because it's tied to, like, your your soul, your personality, your state of mind. So, mm -hmm. um. 
Although it, yeah, so it, I understand that, but it would have been cool if they were having to use the other person's stands and figure out how to use yes. them. Yeah, that I think would make for a very interesting scenario. I'm curious whether we get anything really with the fact that their stand powers are amplified, like if that is a factor in the next battle, or if it's just some way of illustrating the effect that Requiem has. Uh, like how yeah. powerful Re Requiem is that it then amplifies everything else. So uh, I don't think that's quite clear yet. But so uh, they're not sure who's in Bucciarati's body. I think they suspect it might be the boss. Uh, this is a really good scenario because this means if the boss is in Bucciarati's body, which you and I know he is, he's definitely easy to kill right now. Yeah. Uh. And that also would mean if this is a scenario where if a soul passes on in a body that is dead or dying, if it re remains in the other person's body, then Butrati could continue to live just as Diavola. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not how this plays out because we have five more episodes left and it seems like this would be too neat of a resolution. Y yeah. Uh. I don't know how this is going to go, really. Uh, I mean, I would guess the obvious thing is they destroy Re Requiem or get the arrow back from it, and then bodies swap back, and then Bucciarati probably has, like, one last stand against Diavolo, and, like... Yeah. I wonder... Hey, I bet Jorno's they... gonna stab himself or uh, Gold Experience at some point. I wonder if... Uh, this body swap thing is just setting up a means by which they can mortally wound Diavolo or weaken him before they actually then go into the final fight. Oh yeah, it could be. Like, okay. I, I wonder if it's a situation where Bucciarati's like, hey, I know we're all going to swap back, so you like need to kill this body right now, or something like that. That's something we didn't mention, was... by the way. Intro change. Uh, which was Oh, neat. right, yeah. We get kind of like a when Dio froze time in the part three intro, but well, with Diavolo. It happens in all of them. Like in part four, it's the thing with the uh, the the bomb one. Yeah. And it rewinds. Yeah. It's neat. It also goes on for like a while, so I don't know if they're going to do that every episode. It does. Like but this also, one goes on the long. I like that he's uh, just speaking in Italian. Yes, I like that too. Um, I do like they al also altered the bit with like Dapio changing into the boss during the like bit that he is in there. Right, and then uh, it is just Diavolo behind King Crimson when he's yeah. punching. Yeah. Uh, so th this episode basically ends right about here. We we spot that Diavolo, who's Butrati, is running into the uh, Coliseum. Uh, they find Requiem, and uh, before they are able to, like, strike or do anything, they see that Diavolo uh, uses um, sticky fingers to attack Chariot Requiem. Yeah, and then that's when they put it together that, oh, it's Bucciarati. Oh. Ah. It all makes sense now. Except I bet next episode they still question who is in Bucciarati's body. <laughs> Probably. Look, none of these fuckers are very smart. No, they are Especially not. Especially not Guido. No. Especially Definitely. not 
wants you. He doesn't uh, even understand numbers. I was just about to say, especially not Narancha. Somehow the dumbest in this whole gaggle of dummies. Miraculously. Although there is a bit where Narancia does remind Giorno that he's technically older than him, which I totally forgot about. Uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway. That's JoJo's. Yep, that's yeah. JoJo's. So, roulette. I don't think that that was necessarily a bad episode, I just want to say. Like, it was it was fine. It also was just, like, not a whole hell of a lot happened in it. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. So, as I said, roulette. Born a natural loser, I can't recall to swear. Raised on pool and poker and a dollar here and there. Blackjack hand, deal a man, you better pay off that last bet. Two-bit hand of 21, is all I ever get. Too bad. We'll have uh, to live with our choices. Look, we had Common Rider like, X Aid, episode thirty-eight. Speaking of living with our choices, yeah. Look, sometimes you just get a bad roll. It happens. Yep. Yeah. This was a. Last week we said that the Tokusatsu roulette has never let us down. I think it's also a little premature to say that it let us down this week because I have a feeling that this is a perfectly good common writer series. We just happen to get like maybe one of the worst episodes out of it by pure luck. Yes. So uh, as I had mentioned previously before this, I had gotten some information from Rico uh, at Wintgenstein uh, at Radical.town I'm going to leave it up to you to figure out how to spell that because I'm not going to spell it out uh, who told me that this like medical drama stuff was the original concept of the series and then pretty quickly into it it got retooled to be entirely about the game stuff and this is like the first time in a long time that this stuff even really showed up or was the focus and mm. so we just happened to get that yeah, I was excited when I saw that the thumbnail for this episode was everyone in, like, doctor's, like, you know, doctor's coats and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty disappointed with all the pits that were based in medicine. Uh, but before we get into that, like, uh, the intro is all about video games. Uh, so I was extremely confused. I like uh, the theme song where the guy keeps saying excite, but he says, like, ecocite. Yeah, he does not pronounce that word at all. Echocyte. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit at the the start of this, you know, the typical tokusatsu thing where they have an advertisement they're putting in, but it's like playing out like a 2D video game. Yeah, like Mega Man specifically. It looks terrible. It looks like Keiji Inafune made this fucking thing. Yes, 
I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking it looks like Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, it looks like garbage. I know that like a lot of Tokusatsu CGI stuff is garbage, but the Common Rider stuff has been pretty good so far. So this is kind of amazing that this is as bad as it is. I think it's kind of intentional, though. Yeah, maybe. It's it looks remarkably terrible. Uh, but then we we start out after all this goofball crap of it's a video game show Ekasite, and then like this mighty number no. nine looking thing, and then it's just like an episode of ER. They're just rushing this dude into the hospital. He's going into cardiac arrest. This well, girl's crying her eyes out. By the way, the very first thing you see when starting this episode, at least for me, is a whole lot of green with a uh, common writer Kronos, and then. Uh, at the bottom it says jray420.deviantart.com I don't know what this is about <laughs> But shout out to jray420 <laughs> deviantart Thanks, I guess Thanks jray420 Hold on a second I'm gonna go to this deviantart page <laughs> Okay sure tell me what you find jray420 deviantart this is exciting. This is a blank deviant art profile. Right. There is nothing on here. Yeah, there's no favorites yet, no deviations, no groups, no watchers. <laughs> uh Yep, the the two results on Google for J Ray 420 pull up in a uh, completely blank deviant art profile. So thanks, J Ray. Oh, no. I, I see one. I see stuff. There's God sure. of there's some God of War stuff. Oh, maybe I'm... Okay, how do you spell J-Ray 420? Uh, just the letter J. R-A-Y. Oh, see, I did... I did J-A-Y. Oh, yeah, I should've... Okay. Thank yeah. you for specifying that. Okay, I can... This page looks about like how I would have expected it to. <laughs> yes, he's got some common Rider stuff here in his favorites and some Power Rangers buckles and uh, J-Dog Hollywood Undead. Uh, whatever. Funny Man Hollywood Undead. I like this picture of the god of war weapons with like Kratos' <laughs> face superposed over his uh, blade and then boy over the axe. Also, it's just half fire and half ice split right <laughs> down the middle. Also, it's called God of War 3 here and that's not Oh, okay, it's like it's part of a series. Okay. This yeah, there's is some this like Is this like from Dark Souls, this other picture? Of Kratos and Boy in front of like a cutout image. Yeah, that sort of looks like an Anne Orlando looking thing, but that's, I'm not sure. That's what I was thinking. Hold on, let me browse the whole gallery. Let's see what else we got on here. Let's see what Jerry's uh, oh. up to. Oh, hold on. I'm going to send this picture to you. Okay. Because I'm not sure how to begin describing this. Uh, it's called Sasori Orange TV. Oh boy This must be I, yeah. bet, I bet he made like a title card for another of these series I think this is Q Ranger oh. Hmm But okay Yes it's like it's an orange ranger With like a star pattern And there's a robot scorpion in the upper left A guy in a Poncho Hmm I... Johnny Three oh. Tears Hollywood Undead we need to stop this. Oh wait, he's 
He's got a bunch of stuff from uh from the, the cube series. Is there a cube oil? Does he have a cube oil on here? I don't see anything cube? from cube series. Cube oil. Uh, <laughs> okay, there's a picture from Megaforce though of a female character looking as though she's mounting a male character, and he very comedically put the Brazers logo in the bottom right hand corner. <laughs> Brazers. Brazers, whatever. Uh, okay. I I don't even see I'm that. I'm not not a pornography expert like somebody. Well. Okay, there's no cube oil on here, so fuck you very much, J Ray420. No. His uh his favorites include uh like Darth Vader money. Uh here's an Ed oh. Ed and Eddie Power Rangers thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need you to link that. Okay. This is good content, by the way. Just listen, oh yeah, hey, check no, out, just check out this. yeah, yeah. Now just uh, describe what you see. By the way, it, it's just Ed, Big Ed from Ed Ed Nettie, turning into the Black Ranger. Nothing funny about it, really. There's uh, some demotivational posters on here. There's one of uh, Kimberly kiss- kissing uh, Tasha on the cheek, and it says Power Rangers. Helping young boys discover the joys of interracial homoeroticism. Well, that's nice. Thank you, J Ray420. There's a uh, there's a lot of sexualizing the Power Rangers in here. Um, I don't know where you're even seeing this stuff, though. In his favorites. Oh, okay, in favorites. Yeah, this is what J Ray likes. This Not me. I'm, I don't endorse any of this. I need to be absolutely clear about that. These are the thoughts and opinions of J-Ray420. They do not represent Stand and Deliver. Uh, we don't stand by J-Ray. We're just examining him. Yeah, he's the subject. Uh, <sighs> we're just All right. Uh, well, look. If you're listening to this, hopefully you went to J-Ray's page and were able to follow along with us. Hopefully, because I didn't see any of the stuff you were talking about anyway. I wonder if uh, maybe you know. have to have I... a DeviantArt account to see some of this. This these well, I, I'm items. not logged. I'm not logged into a DeviantArt account, so I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, you can also find J Ray on Facebook. Great. Anyway, they they wheel the main character into the hospital. His heart is failing him. I don't know why. Uh, you mentioned this as a problem with this show, and I agree. There's a lot of characters, and I can't tell any of them apart. I don't know that this is the main character. I just assume that it is. I don't actually know. He has the black they, and white hair like Blackjack, so maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. They, they wheel him in. Uh, they basically need another character to perform open-heart surgery on him. Uh, but it seems like these characters have kind of a storied past and they don't quite like each other. Also, the main villain is blackmailing the heart surgeon, is telling him to make an oopsie daisy during the procedure or he will delete a, uh, basically a webm of a girl that a character likes saying, become the best doctor you can be. It, just saying that over sister. and over. His sister, I, I'm not sure. I could not suss out what the relationship is. They might have said it, and I just kind of glossed over it. Yeah. 
Because there were some sections of this episode that I just had a, a bit of a, a hard time sticking with. This is uh, also this a late episode, so it doesn't make things yeah. any easier. No, I'm sure if you've been following the series, you know who all these people are. But again, that's the whole point of the roulette, is that we do not know. Right, so we'll get things like this where it's just like, I don't know, here's a bunch of pretty Japanese boys with black hair, and I don't know who is who or when this is happening. It reminds me of, uh, what was the show with the babies in it? The show with the babies in it. The cart, the anime, had the babies, and they they needed to get, like, the souls of other people. I have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe with the helmet that was in the blimp and they oh, had to reborn. Stop. Okay. Yeah. No, the last episode of Reborn that we watched was a very similar thing of here's a lot of characters and we don't understand who any of them are. Yeah. Which again, spirit of the roulette, but also there are some cases where that is definitely like not fun to deal with. Sure, but here they spend like a minute saying like, oh, I don't know if he's going to come, we can't get a hold of him. I called him and he hung up about the surgeon, and then he immediately shows up. Yes, <laughs> he's just there and he's going to do it. Um, but again, he's being blackmailed, uh, so as he has this guy in the operating table, it seems like he is going to follow through on his promise and just kill him, uh, which eventually, like... I don't know if she's like a romantic interest or what, but this female character finds out about it and she starts to try to like bust into the surgery uh, suite and get him to stop. And I think while all this is going on, we actually get like the first fight of the episode, which is uh, two guys. One of them's got like electricity shooting out of his face. I think that's like from the wound he had, though. Like it looked like it was coming from like the scratches on his face. Like he's a robot or like some sort of digital construct or something like, like I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, the 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 villain who is uh, blackmailing uh, our other character shows up to fight them. Uh, this isn't clear to us at first because he blackmails him as a human and he shows up here for the first time already transformed and we don't see that they are one and the same until much later in the episode. One and the same. One and the same so they get into this fight and like it's just you know you're run of the mill tokusatsu fight until like the villain reveals that he's the keeper of the lives whatever that means and he's going to put them out of print he has a book full of pogs (laughs) oh right he has darby's gambling book that's right yeah he does (laughs) He pops one out and he goes, muscle up! And he, like, gets, like, a bad Photoshop effect where it just, like, bulges. Oh, sure, he does the uh, ape thing from the other show that we watched. Yeah, except he doesn't, like, stay bulked up. Like, it kind of just goes, and then he's back to normal. Yeah. But he's, like, in a heavy mode. Like, he's moving slower, he's hitting harder, punches aren't doing as much to him. Well, also, Uh, right after that, he activates, like, steel mode or something. Too. Yeah, it was like a shield or something like that. It was the shield from Dune. It's just a box that surrounded him. Sure. It's all coming back to Dune for me now. Everything's um, about Dune now. Poison my fucking brain with that movie. So, did, did you watch that uh, David Lynch interview? Yes. I, yeah, I did. 
<laughs> it's that a nightmare, is... and uh, he'll kill you. <laughs> well, I watched his second interview after that, and he's just like, would I call Doom a total nightmare? No. But I call it 75% of a nightmare. <laughs> I love David Lynch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he he uh, defeats them, basically, and uh, one of them disappears, and then a Mario Brothers warp pipe shoots up from the ground and fires him out of it, and it's just like 90 lives left. Yep. Which reminded me of I know you're tired of this being brought up as I'm sure everybody is. But ten elemental masters, this thing this <sighs> seems like something that would come from it where like someone would successfully kill Knuckles and then he'd just reappear and be like, Well actually I've been like stockpiling lives for thousands of years, so you have to kill me ten thousand more times before I actually die. You're right, that actually does seem like something that would happen. Uh, if Nick Smith uh, had considered that Knuckles could die from anything, yeah. So this this being like a character popping out and having ninety lives left just makes me think that like in whatever weird game mechanic riddled universe this takes place, and he's been farming lives. Yeah. Uh, uh, but as the episode progresses, he loses quite a few of them. This is like twenty. Um, yeah. the, the bad guy also would get a flashback of him saying Bang Bang Simulations has lost its <laughs> value. I don't know what that means. Bang Bang stocks are going in the toilet. Well, I mean, you saw that TV show. The podcast yeah, has gotten really bad lately, too, so... Well, ever since the TV show started, really. Look, mm. you know what's great? I just want to go back and listen to, like, the first episode with Dalton Wilcox... And I can't do that because it's all behind a paywall now Because when the show got bad he was like Ha 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 I'm gonna lock the good stuff behind a paywall That'll show everybody Thanks Scott Saucerman Thanks Hot Saucerman I just wanted to listen to Hot Dog Uh dip 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 dow I'm not sure what's worse The paywall or the TV show Boom Hey Hey uh, well, I'm sure you can find that clip on YouTube. Nope. Uh, Scott Edmund's gonna get a box full of hot dogs on his porch pretty soon. Right. I don't know. I was able to find that Bjork clip like at least a few weeks ago. So I looked for the hot dog one. And I recently, but I want the whole thing because the whole thing is way funnier because it just keeps building until you find out just how suicidal hot dog is, and his increasing desperation. And also Dalton Wilcox of finding out how much of a creep he is. Because uh, you have to get past all of the plugging of, you must buy your wife at least as much jewelry as you buy for your horse and other musings of the prairie or whatever that book was called. I just hope that the clip of uh, Paul Giamatti playing the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is still up to because that is prescient. <laughs> that was really good. Yes. I'll, I'll have to look that up. So Domian really predicting the future, just ahead of the curve on that one. It's uh it's too bad that um he retired Hulhauser after Hulhauser died, because that was like maybe the best character. It it was. Uh, did he also uh retire um 
Well, I've completely forgot his name, so he's well and truly dead. Uh, Snape. Actor who played oh, Snape. Uh, yeah, Alan Rickman. Oh, thank you, Alan Rickman. I'm having a stroke. Yeah. I ah, think so. Well. I think he just generally doesn't do anyone that's dead except for Orson Welles. <laughs> well, sure. I watched that Orson Welles uh, advertisement where he was drunk like at least once oh, a year. Oh, the that French. <laughs> that one? Oh, the French. Yeah. Uh, the Though the one for the frozen peas is really good too. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. So it's a radio outtake. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. We aren't even in the fields, you see. Yeah, we are. We're talking about them growing, and she's picked them. Yeah. On <clears throat> what? In July. I don't understand you. Then when must what must be over for July? Um, when we get out of that snowy field. Well, I was out. We were onto a can of peas, a big dish of peas, when I said in July. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, always. I'm always past that. Yes, well, that's about where I say in July. Can you emphasize a bit in, in July? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Um, There's no known way of saying an English sentence in which you begin a sentence with in and emphasize it. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. That's just idiotic if you'll forgive me by saying so. That's just stupid. In July. I'd love to know how you emphasize in and in July. Impossible. Meaningless. So, uh, where are we at in this episode? Uh, medical stuff is going on. Uh, it's not lupus. Uh, they get Dr. Chase in here, and he's going to kill this guy, because... That's what Dr. Chase does. Look, it, it's... It, the, the house reference is not unwarranted because Common Rider also rides around on a motorcycle. Nobody cares about house. That show's been keep, off the air for like eight, ten years. I keep seeing house pop up. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Probably. I don't know. I keep seeing it pop up around lately, and I don't know what's up with that. But yeah, there's just there's more medical stuff in here, and the thing is, I don't really remember any of the medical stuff in this episode because, look, part of what I like about Tokusasu is it is goofy as shit. I understand Common Rider takes itself a little bit more seriously, but as you explained to me, I agree, uh, it only slightly takes itself more seriously than like Super Sentai. This stuff with the medical crap is super self-serious. Yeah, I mean, Sentai is for small children, and Kamen Rider is for uh, 12-year-olds. Yes, this is more mature than for 12-year-olds. Like, in, yeah. in tone. Like, it's not actually throwing out medical terms, and you're not seeing, like, the actual heart and stuff like that. It's not, like, gruesome. But it's still more serious than you would really expect for that age range, and it's kind of just a drag yeah. Um, as also, I put it to you, you do we, kind of overstate how much of this there is. Like when I you watched this before I did, and you were like, "Oh, get ready for like half the show being the stuff." It's like six minutes total, but I will say it, it does seem like it's longer. Yeah, it it just felt that way to me at the very least. Um, 
Yeah, like I put it to you, like if you're going to do a medical themed uh, tokusatsu, I think that could work. But they need to have like medical wands that look like Fisher Price toys, and it needs to be like a hospital for kittens. Like it's got to be something that's really stupid. This like open heart surgery thing, I'm not feeling any of it. Yeah, I I hate it. I but I like it in theory. I don't think it merges yeah. well with the rest of this. Yes. Especially when you consider that they did like a 180 on what the theme is and made it about video games and these themes are like just not going together. They're just clashing off of each other. Yeah. Um that said, the the bits with the actual like common writer stuff are still really, really, really good. So I would not even say that this is like a bad episode. Or, like, that I had a bad time watching this, just that, like, comparatively, this is easily the weakest tokusatsu that we've got. Yeah, also something I came to a realization when watching this, specifically in this last battle, where the two guys, like, they do their whole henshin thing and uh, to fight the bad guy. There's a recurring thing in these shows where everything is screaming, like, it's just a bunch of voice clips stacked on top of one another saying different things. And suddenly... It's the same an- huh? It's always the same announcer, too, it yeah. feels like. Yeah. Uh, this made me realize, um, well, this makes Dynasty Warriors make a lot more sense. Like, the whole thing of just, like, you're running around and everybody is saying a different thing, and also there's a guy over the radio telling you to take this uh, segment of the map and whatever... Maybe Japanese people are just used to this. Like, it's not weird at all to them. It's just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of Japanese media that does that, where there's just a lot of overlaid audio. Like, I think of those, uh... I don't know if they have a specific name for these types of shows. I would assume that they have to, where it's just, like, a bunch of personalities watching clips and stuff and basically reacting to them. Right. It's like, I don't know, just, like, their version of a morning show. Uh... Yeah. But also, like, weirdly, a whole, you know, reaction videos yeah. are big on YouTube. It was like, Japan was doing that for a lot longer than that has been a thing over here. Oh, yeah. Um, and it'll always but, have the clip, and it has, like, a picture-in-picture of the person in the panel yeah. and the bomb ride, and then there will be, like, uh, eight sentences, like, plastered at different points all over the screen, and then a little oh, heart yes. will come up, uh, whatever. Yeah, and some, like, message from Twitter or something will flash up on the screen or, like, some sort of audience participation thing happens. Sure. And, like, yeah, I've never actually sat down and watched one of those shows completely, so I don't know if it's, like, a morning show or if it's, like, oh, this is an actual game show, but it's just a thing that you would then bring a celebrity in to be, like, a guest commentator or reactionary to everything else that's going on. But, like, that has the same vibe to me of just there is a lot getting thrown out there and just assaulting you like a lot of visual overload a lot of audio overload uh, Japanese news programs even are the same way like they'll just have text all over the screen like uh that that time Lewis Black was talking about uh the ticker on a CNN or whatever it was and how he couldn't follow it and had to have them turn it off uh Japanese is like that times eight this is just <laughs> everywhere yeah, I don't know how I could manage being in Japan without getting like a crippling anxiety attack because I don't don't do well with a lot of information being thrown out at once like that. Yeah, seems like that's all over the place. 
like even in in Tokusatsu, it's super overwhelming. But it's also that the tone of the show being what it is, it's just dumb, and you laugh at it, and you go along with it. If I were like trying to actually sit down and digest a newscast in Japan, I think I would have a panic attack. Probably. Just like, whoa, whoa, wait, what, what's going on? Is a nuclear reactor no, exploding? Is there, a, is there an earthquake? What, what's happening? Wait, no, what's North Korea doing? No, what's ISDF up to? Oh, no. Am I going to die? Am I going to live forever? I don't understand. In a similar really, fashion. Really, it's, it's a wonder that epilepsy was only, like, a big concern in Japanese media when Pokemon came out, because I kind of feel like all the other shit would do it, too. Yeah, also, like, ADD. Like, I would, like, this whole thing, like, kind of reads like an ADD nightmare. Yeah. Actually, you know, I wonder what the uh, ADD rate is in Japan, the diagnosis rate for that. Zero. Because everybody has it. And when everybody has oh, it, nobody no. does. Oh, God. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Ugh. World War II really fucked that country up, didn't it? Well, it wasn't great for us either. <laughs> Nobody came out of that unscathed. I mean, real talk, a lot of Japanese media, like, ground zero for everything is post-war Japan. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Their adoption of of Disney influencing manga and subsequently anime, and yeah. So well, I mean, sure, like Godzilla too obviously yeah i mean in general if you want to go specifically into like talking about uh nukes and nuclear war and the effect war has on society Luke. a lot of yeah hey look i just got done playing the twin snakes so hey i'm now an expert in nuclear bombs yeah look there was like 40 minutes of them just showing like b-roll of nuclear waste and talking about it yep Gotta bring in the director of verses to do the action scenes for this one. Oh, they're so bad. I like them. I I like them too in the sense that it's like, oh, this is like the dumbass side of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, like th this is still good, but like I think that the original Metal Gear Solid is such like the original Metal Gear Solid. I would look at that and be like, this is art. This is aged very well. This is very good. Whereas like the rest of Metal Gear is. This is anime, and it's fucking garbage, and I love it. Put more of this filth into my body. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Revolver Ocelot is saying, I love to reload, I'm definitely thinking, this is art. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Like, the, the when, themes and everything in the original Metal Gear Solid are... to identify her. <laughs> That's art. Sure, I like, I like when she's just like, oh, so did you find something, uh, or what is it? It's like, oh, so you remembered something about me, huh, Snake? And he's like, yeah, you got a cute butt. <laughs> That's art. Daddy-like. Thank Kojima. Love Kojima. <sighs> Great Kojima. I like at the end when Meryl's just like, what's a caribou? Death Stranding's gonna be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, man, um... Anyway, yeah, there's a final battle in this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's a lot of information overload. It's hard to tell you any exact thing that happens in this other than at one point a character looks in the air and yells, Bungle up! 
Yes, buggle up. Uh, but they go through like three forms too. It's basically like when Goku goes straight to Super Saiyan three, except you see yeah. him go through all of the forms. So it's like he turns into like this weird bulky thing first, and then like shoots out of it into the air, and then turns into a different thing with a cape. Yeah, he's like all gold. He turns into like the uh, the weird thing from the fake video game at the start of the episode for like yeah. a moment. Yeah, that that's the bulky thing I was talking about. Mm. Okay. But yeah, they they beat this guy. Uh, well, so, so actually, we kind of glossed over the start of this fight is important because he shows up and he's just like, yo, I didn't kill the guy on the operating table. And so the dude makes good on his promise and he deletes the uh, webm of the dude's sister. And like, he kind of just accepts this. Like, the two protagonists have this moment where he's just like, hey, we both understand what is the more important thing here and like sacrifices have to be made. And so, like, it's a it's a tear-filled goodbye, but he knows it needs to happen. And then we get our crazy Tokusatsu fight. Also, it seems like both of their forms are, like, based on different games. Like, one is Tattle Legacy, which looks like it's supposed to be a Final Fantasy type thing. And the other one is, like, Muteki something. I guess that's the Mega Manish thing. But all of these guys look like they came out of Ninja Baseball Batman, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a video yeah, Ninja Baseball Batman is great. Yeah, it's a really good game. Uh, yeah, they they defeat the guy. They knock him just straight out of his armor. He's all beat up. Now he needs a doctor. I mean, they do the classic common Rider kick, too. The dive kick. Both of them do it at the same time on him. It's great. Yeah, double dive kick. Uh-huh. That really fuck you up. Uh, but then we're we're back at the hospital, and uh, our character with the uh, blackjack hair is recovering, and uh, we kind of get the sense that maybe these two rivals have sort of buried the hatchet. Like, this is maybe dr- drawing them close together in some way, or at least closer than they were. And uh, that's the episode. Uh, like I said, I think this is the weakest tokusatsu we got. I still don't necessarily think it's bad, but I do think it's a bit telling this is the first tokusatsu we got that does not have a trailer for a movie attached to it. It mentions a movie. It does say, oh, like, we... you can get your tickets now and you get a limited edition thing at the end. But oh, no so I missed that. Yeah, there was no trailer, so I kind of so, just I must have spaced out there. So there's there, still a damn movie on there, every one of these. There are four Kamen Rider X8 movies. Fuck. Yeah. I am still so fascinated by the Japanese movie industry just that they're churning shit out. They've always done that is the thing, too. Like, I I read that little booklet for Lone Wolf and Cub, and it it just straight up says, like, the first one of those movies came out, and then three months later, the second one came out. Oh, sorry, there are five. That doesn't make it any better. There's Kamen Rider X-Aid Tricks. Then there's Kamen Rider X-Aid The Movie true ending and then uh oh well hard to be a true ending when you have three more movies after that x-aid is uh also in common writer heisei generations final which has like all these dudes in it uh and then a common writer x-aid trilogy another ending (laughs) (laughs) and those are the those are the other three yeah, that's that's like a, just a very um, I don't 
know, man. That, that, that's something that you kind of notice in Japanese video games too, right? Like, I kind of get the uh, same vibe from this as I do, like, with them putting out Persona 4 Golden or Persona 5 Royal of just, like, hey, we gave you the ending, but now we're doing, like, this supplementary, like, this add-on thing that doesn't really need to exist, but it does anyway. Yeah. I don't, Japanese media is so crazy. Like, I can't keep up with it. They put so many movies out. These tokusatsu series, like, before a season's done, he got, like, five, six movies. Uh-huh. Here's the ending, but here's another ending, and here's another ending on top of that ending. Like... I love it. I, it all goes back to that information overload, dude. That's just Japanese media. Well, let's see what we're going to get next time. Uh, I'm gonna go... Again, just... Uh, do you want to keep X-Aid on the rotation or just swap it out for another? I kind of want to give it another chance. Because I, I feel if we had any other episode, this show would be absolutely mind-blowing. Because the, the fights in this were fucking crazy. Well, we don't have many episodes left is the thing. That's true. Uh, I, I kind of want to get to everything else. So I would say that maybe we should actually just take it off. Okay. But I, I at least just want to make it known that I would, under any other circumstance, if we did this like five episodes ago, I'd be willing to give this show another shot. Yeah. Okay, so actually, I should look and see how many episodes we have. Pretty sure that it's a uh, thirty-nine episode season of JoJo's. I am going to look because I need to make sure because if that is the case, then. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then this would be the final substitution. At this point, we would just be running down what we have. Okay. It's thirty-nine. Uh, By the way, it's going to be real great when, uh, at the end of the final episode of part four, they just—I'm sorry, part five—they just have a teaser for part six. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> like, do it. Like, with, by the way, they didn't do it with either three or four, so. I no, they, they didn't, but I, I get this sick feeling that they're just somehow not going to let this stop. Yeah, it's 39. So, okay. Uh, uh, this will be the last substitution. And so, one through five, four. Shuriken Sentai Ninja. Oh. I think I know what this is. It's a ninja one. Yeah, but like I've I've heard of Ninja. Yeah, because I mentioned it to you. No, no, no. I've I'd like I've heard of it before that. Oh, okay. Well, there are forty-seven episodes. So, what do you say we start at? Uh, Twenty-five. Okay. I'm also uh, bringing up the episode list because I found that sometimes Jatoku can be a little weird about what it actually has for streaming. And, uh, mm. uh, specifically with Ultraman stuff, there's not a whole lot actually there. Mm. Yeah, no, I I wanted uh, to like I wanted to go back and watch some very early Super Sentai stuff, and it seemed like they did not really have much of that on there either. Thirty. Episode 30, which is... The Ninja School is Targeted. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Bad times. Well, who knows? Who knows what we're going to get into next week? Well, apparently, how the many anime do we still have? Two. How many anime do we still have left on that? Okay, only two. All right. Still Black Clover Is and it... Majin Bone. Okay. I just find it funny that this started as anime roulette and has almost fully transitioned into <laughs> just being Tokusatsu roulette. Well, now that I'm complaining, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's better. It's for the better. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I was not expecting this modification on anime roulette, but I'm not rejecting it either. What do you mean you weren't expecting it? It was partially your idea. I was thinking when we started an anime roulette that it was going to be such a surefire thing that there would not need to be any changes to it. But we kind of found out fairly quickly that it was not a surefire thing. Yeah, weird. Turns out there aren't uh, that many good anime. Yep. As opposed to Tokusatsu, where it is all great. And they're all, all they just it. churn them out all year long. Yep. <laughs> There's so damn much of it. So okay, next time we'll have uh, episode 35 of JoJo and episode 30 of Shuriken Sentai Ninja. Uh, I hope hey, a certain you know character shows up in this. I'm keeping a positive attitude. Uh, we got a, another Tokusatsu that's almost always good, and it's a part two of JoJo's, and those are almost always good. True. Yeah, actually, yeah, I do wonder if week. this will be like part two of Requiem, and then it'll be like... The final battle with Diavolo, part one. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be how it goes. You have yeah. two parts of the final battle with Diavolo, and then it's one of those ones where it's just like, ah, oh, the gang says goodbye, no. Barry, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I mean, a lot of times the final battle actually takes place over like three or four episodes. Yeah, like I, I think actually the Requiem stuff is still going to be part of the final battle, but I think that there's going to be a shift from like... Requiem shuts off and then the like second phase of the final battle commences or something like that. Yeah. I don't okay. know. We'll find out uh next week where they go with it. We'll find so. out next week on Stand and Deliver I'm out of lives. None left. I stole all of Larry Davis's lives. I game overed and then I hit the select button a bunch of times and now my friend is dead. And I regret nothing. That's right. You you stole all my lives because you kept dying to the giant Terminator boss. Well, it's the year of the Terminator, so. Year of the Terminator. Let's go. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Fuck it. Gears of War. Uh, what was the other? Ghost Recon. Can't get There's a Terminator, Terminator in my house right now. I played Snatcher this year. That's basically Terminators. Yep. It's also basically yeah. Dune. Mm. All right, well, let's get terminated and shut this thing off. Yeah. Finally. I finally made it through med school. Somehow I made
rich, full-bodied wine, sensibly priced at a dollar a jug. And now, for a little magic, I will make this jug disappear. Rosebud. Yes, rosebud frozen peas. Full of country goodness and green penis. Wait, that's terrible. I quit. Just a handful for the road. Oh, what luck. There's a French fry stuck in my beard. 